Welcome to A Friend of Mine, a series of conversations with some incredible and inspiring women in business from regional and rural Australia. I'm Kimberly Finesse, your host and the founder and editor of Oak Magazine, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some amazing female entrepreneurs who will share with you their experience and knowledge of what it takes to start, grow and scale a successful business. So let me introduce you to a friend of mine. There are many ways to spend a two-hour train trip home from Melbourne to Bendigo. Most will listen to a podcast, mindlessly scroll Instagram, or close their eyes and give in to the gentle rock of the carriage. Jess Wiltshire secured a personal loan and resigned from her job with a dream of opening a shop dedicated to indoor houseplants. From leaving school at 16 to launching Bendigo's first dedicated indoor plant shop, Jess shares with us her startup story, plus her top three indoor plants and how to keep them alive. Meet my friend Jess of Living Gifts Bendigo. So welcome Jess to our podcast, a friend of mine. Thank you for coming on. No, oh, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Now, right off the top, uh, I do wish to say we're recording this episode uh, in obviously uh, separate places today, uh, and we're not in your lush plant emporium that is Living Gifts Bendigo. I'm absolutely devastated about that today. No, we are not. We're definitely not. And it wasn't unusual for me to pop in there over lunchtime either, so I even missed no. that. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. We can't be even sitting in the same room at the moment. I know. It was good to pop in with my lunch, um, you know, sort of once a week and just sit there for the hour and talk talk out some shit. It was good for the soul. Yeah, it really was. It was. But um, I'm not sure where you're coming from today, but I'm in a car today, um, just for good audio. Um, (laughs) Um, I'm sitting at my kitchen table in front of a jigsaw puzzle. Yep. Something that's going to pass the time for lots of indoor hours at the minute. We are friends and have been for about two years, I think, just over two years uh, through Oak Magazine. Um, I and I love the story how we met. I was with our photographer, uh, Michelle, and we were handing out issue one around town and we walked past your shop and she said, oh, come in and meet Jess. I used to play netball with Jess. I'm like, oh, okay, and popped in and um, I think we got talking and you mentioned a little bit about your story. I'm like, oh, my gosh, we need you. <laughs> in the magazine. Chronic oversharer. <laughs> I know, and I loved it. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's really what, it's just amazing how some people can connect you. Um, and I just found an instant connection with yourself. But yeah, we obviously featured your story way back in issue two, which was, uh, I think, prior to Christmas in 2018. So that just seems yeah, like a, a while ago. lifetime it ago. Was. Yeah, I just love how um, I'm able to meet such amazing women through Oak. Now, you have, I think, one of the most remarkable startup stories, one that I feel more young people need to hear. Um, now, your adventure started when you were 16. Uh, can you rewind? Many moons ago. <laughs> really? It wasn't just yesterday? <laughs> can you rewind back to there for us and, uh, yeah, sort of take us through that early part of your uh, your journey? Wow, I guess it's probably high school, wasn't it? And school wasn't for me. And so 16... Um, I left school. I didn't tell my parents. They found out a couple of weeks later when they got the phone call that I wasn't there anymore. <laughs> um, and I harassed the local cafe owner to give me a position. Um, and after many, many days, he did. So I started work 
um, started working part time there and had a few shifts in and out of um, sort of retail and cafes, probably till I was about 18, maybe. Um, then I decided I didn't want to work indoors, so I enrolled in a diploma of conservation and land management. And I got 18 months into that and decided I didn't like it. <laughs> so I left that. I moved to Queensland. I lasted 10 days. And I came back and I was like, oh, well, shit. Better get a job. And there was a an apprenticeship advertised in the paper at the local cemetery. Uh, and so I applied for that. And that is how I started in horticulture. Wow. What was it about that ad for a cemetery, a position at a cemetery <laughs> that just screams future job? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I was thinking too far ahead. I yeah. don't know if I was <laughs> planning on yeah, going down any of the roads that I did. I had no great plan, but I think for me it was freedom. It was being outside. I've always, always wanted to be amongst nature. It's my thing and even if I didn't understand it at you know 18 19 years of age that would have been what called me to it and do you think like looking back now to do it all again would you still have left school that young or are you sort of looking back and thinking oh I maybe should have stayed in a little bit longer got that VC certificate there is no way I would have ever lasted at school it's not for me even now I struggle concentrating if I'm trying to study on things it's just I don't believe that it is for everybody, you know. Uh, yes, it's something that it's mandatory, obviously, but school, it doesn't suit every personality type and it doesn't really suit me. <laughs> no, you're right. And there's a lot to be said with the education system, I think, sometimes, that it is built around a particular style of learning. And I think more young teachers coming through are realising that, that people learn differently and that the classrooms need to be, um, I suppose, set up differently for those for those people. But um, I love the fact that, yes, you left school early, but look where you are now. Um, and I know it's all been, it's been hard work, but you are a successful businesswoman. Yeah. And that, that does sound strange. It does. It sounds, it sounds odd when you say things like that, because it's, even now I still don't feel it, but I suppose in a sense, I am, we are, it's happening. So it is. Um, so did the story stop for you there? You know, you got an apprenticeship at the cemetery, the local cemetery. God, no. It <laughs> and got hung really out bumpy. with some very lively people, I'm sure. <laughs> it got really bumpy. It, um, it did. It's not, um, yeah, so the cemetery was amazing. It was hard work. I was the first woman that they've ever employed. So in a sense, I broke the mould. Um, so a lot of them didn't even know how to relate to a woman. Mm. You know, there was a little bit of that patting on the head, condescending kind of behaviour. But there was also some really genuine, lovely men there who would be like, what do you want to learn? We can teach you, you know. And I learnt so much. I learnt how to use power tools and how to fix lawnmowers and build them and service machinery. And I I learnt so many things about cemetery life that you would never <laughs> want to know. Um I learned how to build a garden and, and do all those basic kind of things that have actually helped me have a successful career through wow. horticulture. That's amazing. Um, so there's another chapter of your story, uh, you know, that is still, again, remarkable in itself that you've, you know, found your way through. Uh, what is that other 
other chapter can you share with us? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so I have a daughter, Lily, who is 10, and she is the absolute light of my life. But um, where we hit a big bump was the uh, I ended up having her on my own. Um, so I haven't seen her father since I was eight weeks pregnant. Um, so I ended up on my own uh, and broke and single uh, and, yeah, and the baby on board moved back in with my parents when I was 27. So that in itself felt like a really big speed hump. Um, and I, I just wouldn't change any of it. Having her was the best thing I've ever done. It was also the hardest part of my whole life. Oh, it would be. Um, and I'm, I'm assuming, you know, moving back home, having that family support must have been helpful. Oh, it was, but I still felt like I hit rock bottom. Like, and part of me still feels robbed about those years because I don't remember a lot of it being so bloody tired all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in there, in the yeah. trenches by yourself. It's, um, yeah, that's couldn't it. imagine it as a, you know, I have young kids as well, but at the same time, I, I've had a partner, um, to share that load with and yeah, having a partner is a huge, it's a huge thing. And, and a lot of people, you, they would try and relate and it's just nothing that you can actually relate to, you know, they would say, oh, but my husband works away or he's home or he's, he's away only home on the weekends. And you're like, it's just, it's not the same thing. You know, it's when you're, you're on your own. The, the weight of responsibility is enormous. It's every feed, it's every nap, it's every single meal, it's, it's all the clothing and, and the financials and everything comes down to, to you. And I think going through that is actually what's helped me within my business. You know, it's helped me gain strength to become a better version of myself. Yeah. And fiercely independent, I would think, as well. So you'd be someone that, you know, just... Fiercely. <laughs> and I'm sure everyone in your uh, family loves that too, being fiercely independent. I don't know that they love it. I don't know. And I'm not sure. Yeah, I um, I do feel sorry for my husband sometimes. Yeah, when we met, um, Lil was, she's almost three when Dale and I met. And that man, he is, he is something else. He <laughs> took someone on who had, I'd rebuilt my life by this stage. You know, I'd worked hard. I'd saved money. Um, I worked up until I was 39 weeks pregnant and I put all that money away. Um, so I had like a week and then I had a baby. I, uh, yeah, I'd moved out. I'd got a job. I got a job out at uh, a local nursery for two days a week. And, yeah, I, I bought everything back. I'd set myself up and then he met me and I wasn't willing to share anything. <laughs> <laughs> and you do say that everything got better when you met Dale. And it really, really did. He he was probably the only other person I'd met that was more messed up than me from relationships and experiences. And so it was rather amusing the things we tried to do to each other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one would push away the other and then the other would just, yeah. And because we were sort of both doing the same thing, we would end up laughing about it. And so absolutely perfect for, for each, each other, other. Yeah. and I look not many of us do but you found love next door <laughs> he was he was my neighbor and it's funny because it's funny how things work out because honestly if we had been able to get away from each other we probably wouldn't be together yeah. <laughs> it was just you know the fear of being hurt again and having to go through all those things again but we couldn't 
get away. He was always bloody there. So. <laughs> now, Dale, and that is the thing, that's a big part of it, that, that Dale is um, a huge rock for you and a, a big supporter of you. And Living Gifts, which is obviously your business, is something that you started together, would you say? Yes, we started it together. Uh, it was something that we had spoken about for a long time. Uh, I started sort of saying to him the idea that I wanted to open this shop. I could see the gaps for indoor plants. Working in the industry, it was starting to take off. And I kept saying to him, this would be a great idea. This would be a great idea. A few things changed and I, I finished jobs and I got deeply unhappy. Um, I, I, it wasn't the job. I just, I didn't want to work outside anymore. I'd spent a lot of years doing it and a lot of hard work and a lot of fun. I went full time and so I wasn't seeing um, I wasn't seeing Lil as much. She was in after school care. It, the full time work and not being around financially once you paid for all the care, we were about fifty dollars better off a week and everybody was miserable. So he booked us some tickets down in Melbourne to netball tickets. Um, and we went down there to cheer ourselves up. Um, we had a few pints in the sun. Went and watched the game, and then on the bus home, he fell asleep. <laughs> Silly move, Dale. Yep, so uh, <laughs> closed his eyes, and, uh, yeah, you spent – like there's many ways that you could spend a two-hour trip home from uh, Melbourne to Bendigo. And most of us, honestly, Jess, would listen to a podcast, maybe just mindlessly scroll Instagram um, or even just oh, have a sleep no. ourselves. But, yeah, no. No, no, you can actually get on to your bank app and <laughs> you can apply for a personal loan. And if you meet the criteria, it actually gets approved on the spot. Uh, and so that's what happens. He woke up and I was like, Oh, love. Um, so a thing happened and whilst you're asleep, did you know that you can get loans on your phone? Um, I've kind of quit my job and we're going to go for it. And <laughs> bless him, he just went, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> and then, and that was it. That was the beginning. I gave notice at work. Um, we started doing a few little orders here and there. Um, we started looking for a property. And then it all—it was all quite simple from there. Once you start the ball rolling and gain some momentum, if you're committed to it, then it can only go one way. Definitely. I think if you stopped and thought about it maybe a little too much, like sat down and actually planned it out, um, yeah, sometimes just acting on the fly can, I, well, I find acting on the fly can be, yeah, really beneficial. You grab that momentum and, and off you go. Well, either that or it's entirely reckless and impulsive, which is probably, oh, no, more, no. <laughs> probably more my personality type. But if I had a thought about it too much, I probably wouldn't have done it. You're absolutely right. Like I knew, I didn't know anything about running a business. I only knew um, about working in retail and I only knew how to garden and what to do to care for plants. But I think what's worked for me is genuine honesty throughout that. Um, if I don't know something, I will say so. and. When people come into the shop, you know, they're getting knowledge and they're getting someone who's passionate and I know I know about plants and I know what I'm talking about and I'm happy to share that with people. Yeah, and in terms of challenges, you've said that obviously, you know, that business uh, knowledge isn't probably your strength. So you obviously uh, invest in, say, a bookkeeper or an accountant then to, to do those things that you're not so great at or websites or social media. How does it all work for you? Um, so I do all my own bath and things like that, but I do see my accountant 
um, in, in the middle of the year to do my packs. Um, and so any mistakes I've made, she'll rectify them. Um, she's also on call for me. If I need her, I can get in touch with her and she'll help me out. There's people like you. Um, one of my biggest challenges is probably technology. In a sense, working outside, it actually left me behind. So there were so many things that I, I didn't know and you have actually helped me <laughs> so much. Thanks, Jess. Um, you know, you built my website and that's how we, we became even closer friends and um, if I get stuck, I'll try until I get really frustrated then I generally send out an SOS to you. You do. I? Sorry, that was by no means a question to lead you into talking about. No, me, but, but yeah, it, it is. It is. You've got to rely on your strength, don't you? Oh, so, yeah. you know, in the beginning, you couldn't keep an indoor plant alive, no, and now look I at know. you. And- do you know, I did not have an indoor plant until I met you, and I wish I had have counted how many I have now before I left home, um, because my house is just surrounded by greenery now. My office is as well, and it, it just feels, I don't know, it feels good to be yeah, yeah, surrounded by plants. Yeah. They're happy things. So whether you know it or not, you're biologically programmed to respond to nature, to green. You know, we didn't always live in houses and we didn't always, we always were around nature. It's part of our DNA. And so when you get it around you, you're like, oh, that makes me feel good. I, I don't know why. And yeah, it actually is really, really healthy. It's a really good habit to have. And we'll go through a couple of, you know, your favorite plants and your top tips um, a little bit later on. But what about uh, some other challenges running your business? Like I'm thinking the fact, I think we're all going through a massive challenge at the moment with um, COVID and like, I don't want to obviously sit on it too much, um, but you know, no, it's but a yeah, huge it's, it's relevant at the moment, oh, it isn't is. it? Yeah. Um, I made my decision pretty early on. Well, and in saying that, things just unfolded day by day that they were pretty much out of my control. But uh, you can sort of see that it's coming, can't you? And, and as, as the people disappear and go home, um, you know, there's less and less people buying things. And so I had a big sale and I cleared as much stock as I could over over 20, uh, yeah, it was 24 hours um, in the shop, overnight on the website and then in the next day in the shop. Um only then because I thought, well, even if we can continue to trade, at least I have lower stock levels. We have had to sort of go into hibernation, I suppose, and we've done that for the last week. Um, I am worried about money. Um, I am worried about my business. Uh, but the, the first thing I did after we helped me, and one was my accountant and the other was my real estate agent. Um, and now my accountant pointed me in the right direction uh, to any help I was entitled to and um, thankfully we should be getting a little bit. Um, and my real estate agent liaised with our landlord on my behalf and got my rent slashed by half every month for the next two months at least. Yeah, that's just, it's like a weight gets lifted off your shoulders because it's, I think for those that have the bricks and mortar store, uh, that is your biggest concern shutting up shop is the fact that you know you've well, got to pay rent regardless of whether they're in hibernation or not you still have to pay the bills like I'm still going to have to pay my phone bill and I'm still going to have to pay for electricity and water and I'm still going to have to pay the council rates and any insurance costs all that still happens and I've got to do it without any income mm. but I think as you said it unfolds every day and it's just a day by day thing like you Absolutely. And to begin with, I had to break it down, to be honest, to stop myself like losing the plot to every hour. And so for the first couple of days, I was only thinking about what can I do in the next hour? 
because so much is out of your control right now, so much. And, you know, we've just kind of watched businesses shut their doors and then and then what? It's, it's just this waiting game, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And I am, I am lucky that Dale is still in work at the moment. So that in itself is another wait because we do have some money coming in. Um, I have had an honest conversation with my real estate agent and said, I know that you have bills and things to pay. But if I haven't got it, I can't pay it. And he, he's very understanding. Um, and I, I've just sort of said, I, I do want to stay and I want on the other side of this to continue running my shop. So if I do fall behind, um, I will catch up. It's just going to be time. It requires us all to have kindness, like whether it's kindness to each other when we're shopping or it's kindness as, I suppose, a real estate agent to our tenants or, uh, you know, as a bank to our lenders. It's, you know, all of us need to, I suppose, express a little bit of kindness somewhere along the line. And yeah, that's when we say we're all in it together. That's the only way we're going to get through it together, I think. There's no point in Googling things and getting on the internet and looking for stuff that that doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it's not relative to your own personal situation. You need to talk to the people who know. That is probably the biggest piece of advice that I could offer anyone right now is, you know, don't ask Joe's sister what they think of what you should do. Talk to the people who can actually help you, whether they be a lawyer or an accountant. They're the people who you need to rely on and, and the advice that you can get at the moment needs to come from a place of authority, I suppose. Yeah, and that is a beautiful segue into um, actually listening to the right people. So when you are starting up your business, uh, did you find that a Mm. lot of people had opinions? (laughs) (laughs) A lot, and people you wouldn't even expect. And are you sure? And you just sit there going, shit, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about anything, but I'm going for it. Um, And You've got to really narrow it down to talk to the people who are going to champion you. And you need someone who will ask you real questions about what are you going to do in this situation. But for the most part, you've got to block out a lot because people will doubt you even before you doubt yourself. I don't think anything good ever comes from someone saying to you, can I just tell you something? (laughs) No, No. (laughs) I don't want to hear it. (laughs) No, sorry. Um, No. It does start like that, doesn't it? (laughs) And in my experience, nothing good's ever come from that, you know. Someone that you could get away with that would be my husband. You know, he's probably one of the only humans that I will actually really listen to. If if he said to me, I think you should do it this way or that way, I would be like, okay. And, you know, there's a few close people I trust whose opinion I will ask for, but majority I, I won't put myself up for that. No, not at all. And look, it's the same with me. I remember starting the magazine and I asked a group of people, some were friends, some were um, business friends, I suppose, and a couple were family and um, they all came back and said, no, um, don't do a print magazine, do digital, if anything. Oh, thanks for that. Feeling so yeah. confident right now. <laughs> so again, you know, they all say go left and I go, okay, I'll, I'll go right then. We'll just see what's on the right lane and see yep. what happens. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's your own decision anyway. I mean, that's the thing. You make your own decisions and whatever happens is, you know, that falls on you. So, Well, you've got to be able to make independent decisions. That's a huge thing. And I think even coming back to China and with, with having wheels and that sort of stuff, I didn't have anyone to rely on. If I wanted to do something or get something done, I had to do it myself. 
And that is holding me in good stead now. It is. You can't sort of handball to your partner or handball to a CEO. Um, I think that's what I find the hardest thing about running my own business is there's no one above me that I can just go, this is too hard. Uh, Could you deal with this client? you made a mistake there. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's it's a different road. It really is. It's probably not even anywhere with what I was expecting, to tell you the truth. So I, I do struggle with it a lot of days, um, just the constant peopling and the never being able to switch off. You don't, you sort of don't know that, do you, when you go into it that, oh, this is now, it's not just a job now, it's your, to- your life, it's your lifestyle, it's whatever decisions you make, you actually have to consider your business as well. I mean, we've talked a lot about the challenges. Uh, surely there's some been some uh, highlights to running your own business, though. Oh, the highlights are the life you can create for yourself by taking a risk is amazing. And I, in a sense, got my life back. Me being independent and in control of my own time makes me happy. Um, and happy wife, happy life for a lot of it, isn't it? It is, yes. I... Being able to close if I want to. I mean, it's not good business practice, obviously, but if I want to go and watch Lily at school for sports or whatever, I have the power to do that. I don't have to ask anyone else. Um, they're some of the perks for me, huge yeah. ones. And especially when you do have kids, um, you need that flexibility and it changes from when they're at kinder versus school versus high school. Um, you know, it's not always between nine and three. There's other things that they require outside those school hours. So um, I suppose I'm the same. That's the reason I love working for myself is that, you know, if, if I'm needed, I can be. And then um, you can always jump on late at night and do what you need to do. Uh, you don't have to get it done between that nine and five with a lunch break between 12 and one. I also wonder if maybe you and me have attitude problems and we can't be employed by anyone anymore. That's ridiculous. I would never, (laughs) ever think that. (laughs) And, I mean, I did. So last year um, I obviously went back uh, to a – it was a nine-to-five job with a set lunch hour between 12 and 1 and – uh, you know, you that was different. Yeah, wasn't it? <laughs> you saw I was excited, and then you just as you made comment, you said I saw the spark just die in your eyes as it went on. It did. You were not doing your true calling. You'd gotten off your train. I did. You'd gotten off your own train, and you watched it drive by, and you went, "Oh, yep. hang I was on!" Completely the wrong platform that day. <laughs> Got on the wrong ride. <laughs> you- you were a miserable I bitch, was, to be honest. I was. But again, it helps to have, like, I suppose, to surround yourself with people that can recognise that and to have honest friendships like you and I have where you can say, Kimberly, uh, you need to do something about this. This is not working for you. So, Well, I think for you too, I think it answered a few questions for you. I think you needed to get back into that world to make sure that you could put it to end. Yeah. That you were like, no, I am on the right path. Well, it is. It's hard to know whether business ownership, especially if it's something you've fallen into, um, whether that's where you need to be because money comes and it just doesn't come at the same time every week. You know, there's not that constant paycheck, which I think is the worst thing about owning your own business. It's great getting this massive cash flow sometimes, um, but then other weeks it's baked beans (laughs) and toast and it's just like, (laughs) I'm done. That's probably our biggest challenge, isn't it, is cash flow. And I think... The size that I am, I really got to like triple my business so that I've got a, some money in the bank all the time, or just you know go no, this is I started this just because of this. It's never going to make me rich, which is fine. I, 
don't really, you know, money's great, but it's not what I focus my life on. Um, I, yeah, I have the freedom to contribute to the family and, and not have to worry too much about money. If I can pay my bills and buy some more stock, I feel like I'm doing okay. Yeah, you've got to have a why. And it's so funny that, you know, it's such a business thing. You know, what's your why in business? What's your purpose? And so do, you, do you feel that this whole, that this COVID has actually, um, it's brought people back to why they're doing it? It's breaking a lot of boundaries down within people as to why they do what they do. Yeah, for sure. I feel like I relate it to maternity leave. So you know how when you go on maternity leave, and you find this with so many women, it's when they make that pivot and go, you know what, I'm not going back to that, that you know, shitty nine to five. I think I'm going to follow that other path. I've always wanted to make this or I've always wanted to do that. And maybe uh, this whole time at home will give some people that space to, uh, to think and create and the opportunity to, yeah, maybe not go back to what they were doing, that it was making their life hard. I think you've really got to try and, and in times like this is, is count your positives because it's very easy to get dragged into all the shit, isn't mm, it? 100%. So, yeah, if you try and look at it like I've got some space to think, you know, I've got some time now to, to think about what I want to do with the rest of my life. It's great. We've, we've never had this opportunity. No, or even forces us to work on our business instead of in it. So, you know, sometimes this is a really good time to to think about some marketing strategies, to write better captions, to learn a new skill, whether it be taking your own photos or, um, you know, getting your accounts up to date. Like it's, you know, it's not just to, yeah, I just don't think people should waste this time. Um, Can definitely be used. So how do you deal with those days that are too much then? I have taken up dancing. I was going to say I self-medicate with wine. I do that. But I did take up dancing. I did. Um, uh, just a dance fitness class, which is it's great fun. It is an hour or two hours a week and you just let it go and have a sing and a dance. Um, the other thing I would do if I've had a particularly bad day or if things are getting on top of me is just chuck my shoes on, chuck my headphones in and go for a walk on my own and listen to some music. And I find... But that is what helps to calm my brain, um, to help it switch off. Also, from getting into work mode to mum mode, I find that half an hour in between is all I need. Um, and it will just help me to get yeah, a bit calmer and put the things in the boxes that need to go in boxes that I can get out tomorrow morning, you know? Yeah, 100%. I remember working um, in corporate and my husband would pick me up. So he'd pick me up at five o'clock with all the kids in the car and yeah, I know. And look, because it was at a five o'clock, I mean, it forced me to finish at five. So when you obviously work in uh, marketing comms, you can really do a lot of overtime. So it forced me to get out of the office at five, but I'd get in that car, just a mess, you know, still got emails in my head thinking, oh my gosh, I've got to finish that and this. And um, it wasn't a nice place to be in this confined area <laughs> with kids. Straight into oh, mum And kids going, oh mum, did you know like, I need quiet. They would all want your attention. Yeah. yeah. No, everyone wants your attention when you get in the door. Yeah, whereas I found when I was commuting from Melbourne back to Bendigo, it would give me that two hours just to, and I mean, two hours is a long time to <laughs> pack things in boxes, but, you know. Oh, I, that's what you I, need I, and that's okay. <laughs> I'd actually get home engaged with them. 
So how was your day? Yeah. What did you do? Because I'd yeah. completely finished work. I'd stopped what I needed to do and had got into the right, I suppose, the right mode. So, um, yeah, it's so important to have some little buffer between work and home and vice versa. Now, if you could go back, what would you do differently? Probably not much. Really? Only because I love where it's led me. Like I'm in a really happy place. I have a gorgeous kids. I have a beautiful husband and I have a business that's working. And everything, it was hard and things have been difficult, but there's been some beautiful things in there. Like, you know, watching Lily bond with Dale and, and she calls him dad and, and all that sort of stuff. We got married and I just didn't think it was ever going to happen to me that I would love someone like that. I wouldn't change much at all. Well, that's good to hear. That's good. No regrets at all. Well, get that as a tattoo. You can't do that. You just can't go back. No, you can't. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. No one sent me a memo anyway. So I'm just pretty much living this life <laughs> as if this is the only one I'm going to get. I know it's hard to pick uh, some favourites out of lots, but could you tell me what are your top three indoor plants? Monstera. I love them. Big leaves, lush jungle look, um, a real statement plant. Again, doesn't need a great deal of love. A bit of morning sun and a good soak every couple of weeks. Um, yeah, two more. Devil's Ivy is a tried and true tested indoor plant. It grows like a shower of shit. Uh, it will reward you for doing basically not much. Gets really, really long, has lots of vine-like tendrils. And I suppose probably the other one that is the most popular and one of the easiest to look after would be a peace lily. Um, they're one of the only plants that will flower inside they are a little bit deaverish and so they will fall down when they want to drink you'll actually be able to physically see them change when they need some water give them a good soak and within an hour or so they'll stand back up and be happy again i'm just popping in because our interview got interrupted and then jess and i both lost our train of thought and forgot to go back over her top three tips so here is how you can stop loving your houseplants to death. Tip number one, stop watering them so much. Seriously, step away from the watering can. The majority of plant deaths occur because the plant hasn't been able to dry enough between each drink and it causes the roots to rot away. Signs of this are brown leaf edges, droopy plants that stay droopy even after you've watered, and a general lack of shine on the leaf. The easiest way to get watering right is to finger your plants once a week. Yep, you heard that right. Stick your finger down into the soil to feel for moisture. It's that easy. If the top quarter of soil is dry, it's time to water. If there is moisture in it, leave it for another week and check again. This small act will guarantee a dramatic decline in plant deaths. Tip number two, water well when you do. You've checked your plant and it's time to water. Take it to the sink, turn the tap on slowly and let the water run through the pot until it's coming out of all the holes and it feels heavy. Jess likes to pop hers in the shower to really freshen them up. It gets the dust off and cleans the leaves, enabling them to work harder, cleaning the air for you. As a general rule, watering should happen once every two weeks. It might be more frequent in summer and less so in winter. If you follow step one and check them once a week, you can't go wrong. Tip number three, indirect bright light is the best light. The majority of indoor plants are found naturally in the tropics, growing under the protection of the jungle's canopy. Plants need light to grow, 
but in our climate, the direct rays of the sun will burn them. Keep them in a spot where the light comes in and they can soak up some precious UV, but still have some protection. Morning sun is usually the sweet spot. Nice and bright, but not strong enough to burn. Jess says there is endless information out there, most of which is ridiculous. Just remember that owning plants should be fun. Gardening of any kind connects you to nature, which will make you feel great, lower your stress levels, and foster a sense of well-being. Master the basics of plant care and let the plant obsession grow. So just before I let you go, I do love to ask if you would introduce this to a friend of yours. So obviously you're a friend of mine and uh, yeah, just want to know if you have someone that we need to know about. Well, one of the friends that I've met through business and who's become a friend outside of this is um, Selena and she owns Vogue Nature, uh, which is a florist uh, in our local town. Uh, and she is gifted as a florist. She has vision that you just wouldn't expect. And the things she puts together, they shouldn't work, but they do. Uh, she has a great social media following and presence, and she runs a really successful business. Well, thank you, Jess, for joining us on A Friend of Mine podcast. I have absolutely loved uh, hearing about your story. And it's so funny. Like, I've obviously heard it a couple of times now, but every every time I just get a little bit more insight uh, into your story and obviously so much respect for how you've come through life. And I absolutely love your indoor plant store. And um, it is a big asset to our hometown of Bendigo. And um, obviously can't wait until we're able to open the doors and I can come hang out in your lush plant emporium and have lunch again. It will happen. It will definitely happen, hopefully sooner rather than later. It will. Yep. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having You're me. You're welcome. Now, before you take off with all that inspiration and knowledge, we'd love for you to leave a review on our podcast so that we can continue to amplify women's voices in the media. And if you have any questions, we'd like to celebrate a win. You can always connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Oak Magazine AU. I'm so glad we've met and that now you know a friend of mine. <laughs>